Hello, everybody. This is Yemi Majekodumi from Widow Recovery Secrets. This is podcast 53. I've got the privilege again to interview another beautiful thriving widow. And I've got here the beautiful Catherine Brito. She's a massage therapist, a psychologist, and a coach trainee. She was widowed just before her 35th birthday. And our focus now for the future is on mental awareness. That's our greatest passion and working with grief survivors. So I welcome you, Catherine. It's a joy to have you here. It's lovely to be, to interact with another widow because many times when we're widows, we do sometimes can become isolated. And as much as we post and share online, it's lovely to bring someone in and just have a dialogue. We're just having a dialogue today and the purpose, as I've said to you, is to encourage you. If you need any of my resources, my three months monthly coaching, or my blog, my more of the podcast series, please go to businessandmarriagecoaching.co.uk and you get a prayer, widow's prayer, you know, there as well. Or go to my bio on Instagram and I'm, all the links are there as well. So do listen to this, be encouraged. And do share and download to many other people and be a blessing as we are trying to bless you today. So we're going to start, um, Catherine. So how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. And thank you again for having me. I think this is, this is wonderful what you're doing and us to be able to just share our journey and, yes. and just share that there is hope after such a, mm. such a horrible circumstance. I think this is a wonderful thing. Thank you. So I'm just going to ask you, could you give a brief outline of who you are and what specific vision you hold for your future? And tell us where you're, in terms of geography, where are you based country-wise? So I am in New Jersey, United States in New Jersey. Um, I've been here for a couple of years. I was in New York for pretty much all my life. Um, And I'm just, honestly, I'm just a girl that wants to normalize grief. You know, it's such a, it's such a, in an inevitable emotion, we will all go through it at some point of our lives. And I feel that there's, um, it's just something that's, <laughs> we're going to live with for the rest of our life. And it should just be normalized. It should, um, I want to help other widows feel not alone and let them know that there is hope, that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that there is life again after loss. It can feel like that that's not possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when you're in that mess and the brunt of it all, there's like, you just kind of feel like you're in quicksand, but mm-hmm. there is, there is, I'm, I'm living proof of it. If I'm still here and thriving, then we all can. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So tell us a bit more about what you do. I noticed you're an amazing massage therapist, psychologist, and you're even doing a coaching training as well. Yeah, so I um I have a certificate from positive uh, with positive psychology. It's been it's been wonderful. I learned so much through it about the mind and human emotions and just um mindsets and all sorts of things that have helped me greatly navigating grief and really just life and everyday situations in general. Um, I've been a massage therapist since 2012. It's been amazing. Like it's. I, I can't believe that I got the chance to actually like hands-on literally and figuratively help 
others feel better. And um, COVID impacted that greatly because of course, that's the worst thing during COVID was actual contact with anyone. So for me, that was really life-changing because I, that's what I did for so many years. Um, and that's really kind of how I stumbled upon the positive psychology. I started researching and found the curriculum that seemed so interesting. And I went through with the program and loved it. And um, I wanted a little more like deeper knowledge on grief, on really just how to navigate it, how to go through it. I never joined a support group during my grief. I, I did everything a little bit delayed. Like I joined my first support group this year, three years in. Um, so I did kind of the brunt of the grief work. I did it kind of on my own. And granted, I did have a ton of support. Like I'm so thankful and grateful to God for the family and friends that I have. But, you know, it's different when you can actually speak to someone that truly understands I felt like such a, <laughs> I felt like an alien because I was the only widow I knew in my circle, you know? And um, so, yeah, that just researching more about grief and how to kind of get through it and navigate it and understand certain things I was feeling. I just started researching for a program to help me go through that. And I found that they were very, very expensive for me. I just couldn't afford them. And that's when it dawned on me. And I said, you know, maybe I can look into a program that I can educate myself and then create something beautiful along the way to educate and help others get through it as well. And that's what got me into the grief coaching that I'm currently in. And it's amazing. It's just the most empowering, beautiful thing I've done. So what's the best part of the course you're doing? What would be one thing that you, you held so positive from, from me? One thing that you would say about the course? Um, well, even just the name alone, it's called from grief to gratitude coaching. Yeah. So it's just so positive and it just shows you how to, first of all, how to honor yourself and how to go through your grief and all your, everything you're going through and then learn how to guide others through it. I mean, there's no textbook and there's nothing linear about grief as we all know, but there's so many, like I have an Instagram page and a TikTok page for grief. And I kind of just give not so much advice, but I just talk about like my experience with grief and things that are like, I tell other grievers, it's okay to X, Y, and Z. If you feel X, Y, and Z, you're normal. You're not crazy. Like all the things I wish someone would have told me when I was going through it. And the things, Yemi, that the women on there tell me, like it's, it's just heartbreaking how much the, the need that there is for help and for support going through like such a tough time. Can I ask you, what's the name of your TikTok page, please? So we can share. Um, sure. So it's my Instagram and my TikTok. It's grief, yes. yeah. uh, grief carried with love. Oh, it's the same name. Okay. The same. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's so the it's same. Grief carried with, care, carried with love or cared with love, is it? Uh, carried with love. Carried with love. Okay. Yes. So please make a note of that, our audience. Grief carried with love. You can find that on IG, Instagram, or TikTok for more. Thank you for that. What what resonated with me when you were talking about the loss as well is, even though I shared with you about with my loss and what I'd made my mind up to do, I think what has been quite fundamental also, besides my faith, is I'd, I was opportune to have worked in mental health as a manager, support worker mm. for over 20 years. So I felt everything I'd used to empower others, it was my time now to apply it to myself. 
and that helped me immensely. And unless I'm not being honest, honestly, so it's just amazing. Whatever we've sown seeds in our lives, we never know how we're going to use it, even for ourselves. You know, I wouldn't say it just made me take. I, I believe I did take care of myself before. When you're grieving, you you appreciate self care more because yes. you're vulnerable. You need to be able to eat properly. You need to be have a clear mind for your children, family. And then you have a lot of mourners around you. I don't really understand what's going on, but you just try to accommodate them, you know, and then you, and eventually you get someone. I, I found a lady who walked alongside of me, which was brilliant. Yeah, but sometimes you can't feel like an alien among people because people don't. There's grief. Everyone grieves. People have lost their mothers. There's different reasons why people are grieving. But the widow's grief is different to the widower's grief or to a sibling grief. It's just totally different. You know, and we besides the difference, there's an impersonal grief as well. Everyone grieves differently. So in spite of what the textbook says, so even when I talk about grief or offer coaching, I don't believe there's any specific kind of grief. Every individual, depending on your experiences, how you are, what you believe in, will determine how you walk your grief, you know. But I think what's paramount as well is to start, I always say, it's not an easy thing to say, but I believe you have to get to a point where you have to intentionally say, I want to start finding my way into something new. Because grief can ground you down, that you could still be grieving for 20 years and still feel your mighty or late spouse. That means you've lost 20 years of your life. So intentional Navigating is very important. I said that in my writings. I even believe, like, I don't know if I was able to do it earlier because of my faith, but I think after two years or three years, you have to try and find something, a purpose from the loss. And I get from Catherine, I think that's what she's sharing tonight. So my next question to you, thank you for that. It was quite um, enlightening, you know. And I must say to the audience, as much as I do this, it enriches my life as well. There's nothing we do that doesn't bring blessing in many, many ways. So I'm here to encourage you, but any, everyone who sat with me has also empowered me. So I'm on, I feel honored to have you here, Catherine. Yeah, it's not one-sided, it's both-sided, okay? Mm. Right, so number two, could you mention three things you've learned from this loss, from the loss of this your spouse? Yes, um, I would say the, First thing, like I was touching on before about how messy grief is that I had no idea that grief was not linear. Like I, everyone around me was telling me, don't worry, you'll be fine in time. You'll feel better with time. Just give it time and you'll feel better. Um, you were just speaking about what you said was perfect about how you have to be intentional because the truth is, is that time is not what helps you heal. It's what you do with that time because it's time is just minutes moving forward. You have to make a decision and you have to say, I want to feel better. I, you know, I think that's what happens with me that I said, grief is here forever, right? One way or another, it takes, it takes, it shapes, it takes, it shifts its shape. It takes different form. It changes, but it's, it's, I kind of describe it like a nagging backache that one day it's at a 10, one day it's at a one, one day at a three, but you kind of always feel it but you learn to live with it and it can become, it just becomes a part of you. It gets integrated. Um, but in the very early stages of my grief, I had no idea that it wouldn't be so like, this is what you do. It was all over the place. <laughs> um, 
I also learned that we think we have time and we really, and we really don't like I put off so much with my husband, Demi. I, we were caregivers to my in-laws. Um, my mother-in-law had Alzheimer's and she was bed bound. So I was the one with my husband. We'd clean the house, cook for them, bathe her. My father-in-law was okay on his own, but he was in his late eighties. Yeah. So you know, we got married and didn't have a honeymoon. I said, don't worry, babe, we'll go on our honeymoon later on. Let's, we have all the time in the world. We're young. Mom and pops are old. Let's take care of them and we'll focus on us later. We'll go on that trip later. We'll go have that dinner later. And it never happened. We were together seven years, only married for two, but we put off so much thinking that we had time. And, you know, my husband was very healthy until he wasn't. He passed away three weeks after being diagnosed. Mm -hmm. So it was so quick blink of an eye. And I just, he said, wow, like I no longer, I no longer say we have time. If there's something I want to do, if if, uh, my brother calls me up and says, I miss you. I want to see you. It's not like, oh yeah, we'll figure it out. Okay. Pull out your calendar. When are you free? This is when I'm free. Let's go see each other. I, you know, even with my schooling, I, I used to put things off and procrastinate so much. And I said, now, you know, I'm not going to be so scared of going for this coaching certification. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it all I have and it's going to work out. I'm going to be scared, but I'll do it anyway. So it's, yeah, you think you have time and you don't. And um, yeah, because I can relate to that in terms of time. I mean, I, in many ways, we, when we look back before loss, we always knew that time was important. Right. When you lose someone close to you, time becomes mightily important, you know, and you find, I find you don't take things for granted, as you say, you know, you appreciate the little things. Like today, I always make a point going walking. I used to walk before, but now I see the autumn leaves more. I, I appreciate the wind. I appreciate I can go walk around with my silver mug and have my herbal tea. I appreciate the time I have off. I appreciate, I don't complain. I wasn't never a complainer, but you see life in a totally different way. And I'm sure grievers listening to us who are perhaps lost mothers, parents, I'm sure you you can relate to this. But we're talking from the the point of view of losing a spouse. Because when I talk about losing a spouse, I think it's someone you've decided to share your life with. So grief takes a different turn because everything you dreamed and everything you envisioned, it just dies. However, I say again in my faith as a Christian that even though I've said that, I do believe that the Lord renews our strength. He gives us a newer strength. Before we thought we were not so strong. Because many times when you're married, you ask your husband to do a lot and so on and so forth. But I believe as a widow, I've actually learned more grown stronger and just grown totally and perhaps I would never have grown like that so there's always a positive but we do say we do acknowledge there's a vacuum when the husband dies yeah 100% definitely definitely so in terms of the being a widow what would you I always ask this question just to create a bit lighter part. what would you say you become a master at since your husband died or an expert you say <laughs> you know I think that was that's actually a, a wonderful question because I think you do become a master at so many things um, unwillingly or even intentionally but 
for me, it's self-awareness. And like what you just said, when you go outside and now you notice things Mm. that you maybe didn't notice before, I've become a master of like listening to my body and what it's trying to tell me and not ignoring certain things and just really being aware. And I'm so aware of like everyone's not so much like their feelings, but just like now I know that you know, all the cliches make sense now, like be kind to everyone because they may be going through something you don't know anything about. And I was always a kind person, but Yemi, the way that I approach everything now, it's like anyone I used to judge before, I don't judge anyone. I see someone at a supermarket walking down the aisle doing something that before it'd be like, what's wrong with that person? Now I'm like, who knows what they're going through? Who knows what's going on right now? Who knows what trigger looking at I don't know, a can of beans brings to their mind and that's why they're acting a certain way or, you know, so I, I'm definitely a master of being aware and just like being in my own body and, and having my mind and my body connected and just like. Amazing. amazing. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. You do, you do sort of like become more aware and more in touch with everything around you. And I think because of the loss, it makes us sensitive positively to all the needs of others. Because we won't even be here today if we were not thinking of the needs of others. Perhaps if we had not had loss, maybe it wouldn't be on our agenda to encourage at this level, I suppose, in terms of widows and that. I'm sure the Lord would have given us something else to do, but there's a purpose for every life on earth. So we're here today. So can I ask you three solutions? What three solutions would you give? Say someone came to you as a widow, perhaps they've been walking the road for a year now and they still got their foggy mind and still quite sleepy, not eating well, not seeing anybody still. What three, what would you recommend or solutions for that kind of scenario we've all been through? You know, for me, um, I think back at, how I felt when I was at a year and I, I completely understand. I mean, there's nothing grief doesn't touch. Like you said before, so many things change and you're not just grieving your, the loss, you're grieving the loss of you're grieving who you used to be because you won't be the same again. You're view you're grieving the things that your partner will no longer do and the dreams that they had, that they won't accomplish your future together. Maybe, you know, my partner and I, we were trying to have, a baby and that didn't happen. So I was grieving. I won't be a mom and all these other things. But I, I just said to myself, you know, grief is forever because love is forever. And instead of fighting it, like I would tell that person it's running away from it is like a dead end street. You know, you can run and run, but eventually you're going to have to face it. And emotions are meant to be felt and moved through, you know, and unfortunately, it's, it's really difficult in the beginning of the grief, depending, like you said, everyone grieves differently. And there's so much of who you are that has a lot to do with how you're grieving and all the other things that you may have had going on in your life prior to the loss. Yes. So being very intentional and just saying to yourself, instead of running away from this, how can I just befriend it? How can I find ways to cope and to let joy and grief share the bench? because it is completely possible, you know, and joining a support group for me was, it was so important, like being able to share how I felt and others can say, I understand you. I go through the same thing or posting. I used to say, 
um, like I'm in a relationship now. Okay. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm in a relationship yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my, I always try and encourage people that when they're ready, they mm. open their hearts to love again. Okay, go on here. Yeah. Yes, and I joined the support group and I said, I'm in a relationship. I'm, I'm in a, I'm, well, I wasn't in a relationship at that point, but I said, I met someone and I can't believe I have feelings for someone. I feel like I'm cheating on my husband. Mm. What's wrong with me? And then everyone in that community was sharing their experiences and giving me different perspectives. And it's just really important to, your heart isn't broken. It's broken open. And it's so important to be Mm. able to just know that you will heal, but you have to go through the process. You can't skip a step, but grief feels so painful in the beginning that you almost want to just skip to two, three years later. But it's the process is so necessary to just like really feel your emotions, go through what you're, you know, really intentionally go through it and let it flow through you. And then just you get to a point where you familiarize yourself with it so much that it just becomes a part of your life and you can carry it that's why I like that name because grief can't be fixed it just it can be seen it can be heard validated and ultimately carried with you yeah and I tend to say I mean one thing I loved you said what you said was about seeing someone else and not realizing you can love again and I find that's what's so amazing about creation and our creator it gives us the ability to love over and over again. But we have to intentionally open our hearts to want to do it. If we close our hearts and grieve forever, it will never happen. No. I've heard a lot of widows say, I'm still married to my dead husband, you know, and everything. And I'll say, but really, we're not meant to be thinking like that. We can't, you can't be married to your dead husband because he's not alive anymore. You can't come and help you move the car, wash the car. You know, so it's a, in a way, perhaps unconsciously, people are hiding away because that's how they know how to cope. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think it's lovely when people say to me that they're in another relationship. I just think it's fantastic because that says to me that life is, you have to grab at life. You can't, we tend, we do grieve. And I do say every year it gets better because where I'm at now, I've got two beautiful daughters. I do, even looking at my daughter, sometimes they remind me of my late husband. But I say, at least I got that gift from him, you know, or like even the time we spent, because we were quite young when we met as well. We were together for 37 years. So it's a long time. So at least I had the opportunity. So, but there is, as much as how old you are for the audience out there, if it's what you want, you should intentionally open your heart and look to date someone else and remarry. Because nowadays we get the opportunity, those of us that God enables to live long, we can, you can live to 120 years. So if your husband died at 40, you're going to be staying for that long on your own. I always say this on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be on your own for nearly 70 years. Wow. And your kids grow up and they move on because our kids are very resilient. They have yeah. their lives and you start to see it. When you're with them, you see not that they don't miss their dad, but you can see how they bloom and continue to be resilient and just get on. And if you're there still grieving, after a while, they start saying to you, mom, are you going to see anybody? I've had friends who said, they've called and said, what's happening? What's going to happen? I'm going to uni now. You're going to be here on your own and so on and so forth. And so it goes on. So I'm so pleased about that. I love to have someone on my podcast says they're seeing someone again. So that's hope. Hope fulfilled. 
So what? So I wanted to. Oh, so it ties in quite neatly with this question. Like, so what are your thoughts on marriage? And <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I um, it's I'm glad that you mentioned um that you were saying you're a Christian, and mm-hmm. you know, my mom is is to most of my family. And I'm, I've always been a very big believer of, of God, but even now, even more, yes. like through my loss, because when I met my husband, he wasn't, he didn't have much faith. And I, he used to tell me like the, the two things that he's always wanted in life were peace and unconditional love. And he got both of those through me because my mom said to me, you know, Kathy, you know, God put him in your life so that he can feel the unconditional love you gave him and also to save his soul because my love, I mean, I was in massive denial. Yummy the entire time I was like, no, God is going to save him. I don't care what the doctors say this cancer. I don't give any power to it. Like it was, I just injected so much faith into him and he, I mean, I could, I could go on and on about this, but long story short, he passed away right here in our living room and it was the most peaceful thing in the world. I mean, he, I, I was asleep and my mom was the one that just, she told me, go to sleep. And if he needs anything, I'll wake you up because she knew that it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And this is crazy. The nurses that were here um, just, uh, you know, for the last couple hours, they went out for a break and we all started praying for him. Like we all held hands and did like a chain of prayer and mm-hmm. she didn't know. And she came back from her cigarette break and like maybe a half hour after we had prayed. And she said, did you guys just pray in here? Because I feel God in this room. I feel like there's angels in this room. She said, yeah. like it was such a, it was such a peaceful thing. But, um, so I just wanted to mention that to you that like, I, and so I'm, that's so, that's amazing because, um, I've had people say, would you say in any way, did it strengthen your faith or question your faith in God? It did both. Mm-hmm. I was so, I was so angry at God when he passed away. Mm-hmm. I was mad. I said, God, you made me look bad in front of all those doctors telling them you would save my husband. Like, how dare you do this to me? I believed in you. And I was so angry. Mm-hmm. And then I apologized. I kneeled in my bed one night and I was just crying. And I was saying, God, I understand that you did save my husband. You saved his soul. Mm-hmm. You know, God gave him the chance to pass away in our home, in his favorite room, without tubes in his mouth, without, you know, the unfortunate experience that so many go through. He had the most, the most peaceful death. And, you know, and he had a smile on his face when he passed away, like five, six minutes later, he had the biggest smile on his face. And I never saw my husband sleep in such peace. So it was, it was the most painful yet most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And it strengthened my, my, my faith. I mean, I'm standing here today. I mean, because of God, like Mm -hmm. he gave me the strength that I, I would say, how am I going to get through this? How can I live a life like this? How? And I, I would say this also to a widow that's in the early stages or even my stage, which is like two, three years in that instead of focusing so much on the future, focus on today. What can I do today to get through the day? What can I do today? That's a positive even a tiny little inch of a positive thing, it's moving you forward. Mm-hmm. And you're moving forward with your with your husband. Like I met my current partner, I met him two years after mm-hmm. my husband passed away. And I fought it. I fought 
the feelings tooth and nail. I was like, no, how can I possibly have feelings for someone? Like I said before, I'm like, I'm cheating on him. And I told friends about it, like so afraid of being judged because widows also, we go through kind of like, you feel like they're judging you. If you don't move fast enough, you're stuck. If you move too fast, well, you're not grieving anymore. You're you're healed, you're cured. It's, you know, it's like so many misconceptions. You go over it it very quickly, they say. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And it's like, you know, love is... Mm, love yeah. is such a gift yeah I mean love is a gift. it is but what I what struck me with what you're saying it took me back eight years because I remember when my husband was unwell and he was at the point of death and I kept on saying you shall not die but live to declare the glory of God I remember right. seeing that non-stop in our lounge and everything and in the end we went to hospital and he passed away but for a moment, you do think, oh, you do. I believed constantly that I would not die. You know? mm-hmm. That's what our faith teaches. You believe. Even when people are sick, you constantly believe. But you get to a point where I got to a point where you just have to know that God had a greater plan for them. And that, and that enables and enriches your work because you, in a way you've released that person to God. But so for those who are out there wondering, why did God do this? There's a lot of questions we'll have when we go to heaven. And I say today, if you do not know the Lord, seek him while you can, because God is real. And it's in knowing God that he is the Lord who gives you the strength to enable you to find purpose out of your loss. And I'm a testimony, and Catherine's here to say the same. If you have faith, if you do not have faith in a creator, yes, you can survive the, the loss of your spouse. But there's a greater comfort in knowing there's a creator who gives you a deeper insight into loss through his word and through the promises he shares in the word. So seek him while you can. If you are in the United Kingdom or wherever you are, go to alpha.org to find more about Christianity. It's never too late. You're never too old to find out about a creator. But if you look around you and you see all the beauty around you, nature, you must wonder sometimes, who created this? I didn't do it. So back to our interview with beautiful Catherine. I always slot that in because I have to share the faith. That's what's kept me grounded. And I'm not ashamed to share my faith because I, that's what's enabled me to walk the walk I'm walking today. And I'm not ashamed to share Christ. So in terms of, um, it's lovely how you shared even when you wanted to start dating. And now I think women generally get judged more than men in every circumstance, even if you commit an offense, dating when you've lost a spouse. But the most important thing is, I believe, as you've said, is to remain focused on what is God saying to you? Because he's a God of opportunities, a God of purpose. You became widowed very young, that's a very young age, and you want children. So why would you have to wait for 10 years before you marry again? You know, for those who have children, and you're fortunate to have children, that doesn't mean you need to wait 15 years before you meet someone. I encourage you. Because in, in countries where it's very cold, it's a very lonely, can be very lonely society. So find ways of making friends first, maybe start off having friends, I would say, and then gradually open your heart, gradually to perhaps the opportunity of dating someone. You don't even have to mind them straight away, or it might not work, but at least you've, you've dipped your toe into it. Isn't that so? Rather than shut yourself off and just become so lonely. So what would you say, uh, what challenges do widows face when they start dating, would you say? 
you know, for me, um, it was not knowing if I was really interested or having feelings for this person and who they are, or yeah. I was just lonely and I wanted to be with someone. And I, you know, those are all normal emotions, but I would say everything you just said, taking your time, if you meet someone, you know, the heart doesn't lie to you. Like if you feel something in your heart for someone, it's, it's worth exploring. You don't have to run away from it or shut yourself off. It doesn't mean you have to go all in right away. Like you said, get to know them, take your time. I, I met my current partner two years after I lost my husband and we became like an official couple about seven, eight months later. And it's been amazing. And I just look at it as what I would look at what I would have missed out on if I would have been closed off because look at it like this, whether you stay alone for the rest of your life or you're dating someone, it doesn't work out. You date someone else. uh, It doesn't matter what you choose to do. Nothing changes the fact of what happened. Your spouse is gone. They are with God. Now they're resting in peace and your life is still valid. Your life still matters. And love is such a, like true love is such a beautiful and rare gift that if you're fortunate enough to come upon it twice, like this is my second time feeling love. I don't want to run away from that. I want to embrace that. And yes, it's scary. And yes, you know, after losing my my husband, I, I'm like a little bit afraid of making super long-term plans right away. But even that I say, you know what, there's no need to let's be present let me enjoy what I have and we'll keep making plans according as time goes on. Um, And then for me, like the challenge, the challenge is probably just finding ways to, I mean, I wouldn't even call it a super challenge because I'm already working on that, but ways to continue to honor my late husband while I'm in a new relationship, but in a way that respects and honors my current partner. You know, and um, what would you do? So, what would you in terms? Of, so, what would that from? What would that take in terms of how would you express that kind of honor while you're in it? Yeah, I think for me, I spoke to him, and I. It's a little difficult to explain to someone what loss does and how it, yeah. it feels. Mm. Like they are they haven't gone through it, but just being very honest with myself first of all, and second of all with him, and just explaining to him this was someone that will always be a special, a special in my heart and a very special part of my life because there was nothing bad about it. I learned, I learned what love is because of this man. And I, in a way I told my current partner, he was the bridge that got me to you because if what happened hadn't happened, I would have never met you. I would have never, if I didn't know what real love felt like because of him and having experienced it, I wouldn't know what love to look, what love looked like again when I was face to face. Wow. Just That's really beautiful what you just said. The bridge that got me to you. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there are so many bridges in our lives. But that is so beautiful because um the bridge that gets that got me to you. Because if you did if you did there wasn't a loss, or if you didn't even mm-hmm. love or learn to love someone like him, you wouldn't even be open enough to appreciate another love that comes along. You know, and when I was asking about honoring, I find it, it's very, like with me, I found it's very, still very important to always talk about your spouse, your, especially when you have children as well. How you yeah. know, like, sometimes when I'm joking with my children, I would say, well, they reminded me of their dad, or it's, it can't be, or there's always a picture, there's still a picture in our lounge. You, it can't be a silent memory, it always has to be honored. You know, right. like even when I even say when they're naughty, I say they're, 
I'm sure you shouldn't do that because your daddy wouldn't like. I say it to them because it's constantly present because they're, they're his children, you know? Right. Yeah, so I, I really appreciate you saying, saying that bit where you said finding ways to honor. And in terms of for the audience listening, honoring doesn't necessarily mean you're attached to the dead. It just means honoring and celebrating the life that you knew or had with the person. And I think it's very important to be able to share your life that you had with your late spouse, with your new spouse, and be honest about it. Because some people have said to me that sometimes you're in your new relationship, you try, you try not to talk too much about it or share too much because they don't want it to overwhelm that person. But or some people say, is it better to marry a widower than a widow, you know, someone we And there's all those issues that come up. And I think it's also issues around, there's a, like in everything in life, there's advantages and disadvantages. If you're a widow with children, there's advantages and disadvantages. If you're a widow without a child, or we, there's an advantage and disadvantage because you don't have the children, you know. So everything in life has its pluses and its minuses. Absolutely. So I shared earlier the pain of not having a child with him, but then when you're starting something new, you can start afresh. Maybe if that's God's will, we don't know. So there's all of that. But I think the main thing is beautiful two dates and remarry again because a lot of women around the world get judged by absolutely just even considering it or I've met, I mean I've met people who maybe a year later they've said to me and they said people have said oh that's a big queen you're not crying especially patch relatives as well and it's always people who are very close to us you know or like even I've had people say how do you tell how do they tell their relatives or their in-laws that they're dating again and yes. I see the Bible says, death unto death do us part. You, the person has parted. It's mm. up to you if you want to tell your in-laws or not. I mean, it's nice if they if they, you get on with them and they've supported you all along the way, tell them. But people have different stories, nightmare stories, beautiful stories, different, you know, mind-blowing stories with relatives. So that's another yeah. podcast in itself. <laughs> you know? <laughs> One thing I also wanted to say too, yeah. like in... Sometimes we think that honoring our spouse is just, let's say, sharing pictures or this or mm-hmm. remembering them on anniversaries. I, to me, I've honored my spouse by the, being the things that I most loved about him. I'm that. Yes, yeah. I loved how honest he was. I loved how compassionate he was. I, all the things I love about him, I am those things. And yeah. all the things that brought out in me he brought so many beautiful things out in me he helped me grow he helped me in so many ways as long as you are alive you're carrying all of that in your heart like you part physically but all that love remains inside of you so it takes a little bit of time to get there but you can get there and just focusing on focusing more on the life of the person all the wonderful memories you did have when you shared and all of that versus focusing on the death, you know, yeah. it, it helps me tremendously to remember him for, he wasn't cancer. He was mm. an amazing, beautiful human yes, being. Yes, yeah. Cancer was a, a small part of it. Cancer was what caused his death, but it wasn't who he was. So you can honor your person by having them in your heart and just being the person that they helped you to become all the things you love about yourself because of them. That's definitely, nice. definitely. Uh, and I just okay when you were talking about that is even when we lose our spouses and it's going to be eight years, 
they always their silhouette always appears in society, meaning people tend mm-hmm. to say there's always two of us in the world. So we've been, I've been out with my daughter and we go to events and someone went to a wedding recently and someone walked in and I was mm-hmm. thinking, oh God, he looks so, the stature and everything about him reminded me of my late husband. And when I was sharing my daughter, she goes, yes, exactly, exactly, because he was quite a tall guy. And I, and she said, yes, mommy, I thought that as well. So you, you just see, even in the world we are, and those are part of one really, you know, you just have a good smile and just think, Yes, that's how it was. It reminded me of so and so. Or so many of people smile or people say things. And one thing I always say about my late husband that it was a very, for a very tall guy, he was a very gentle man. Gentle giant. You know, I always say, I say that to my children, he's a very, very gentle giant. And it's lovely to know a man who is quite gentle because the world expects men to be loud and butch. Lovely for a man who knows within himself what he is, and yet he's very, very gentle. And I think that's one thing my children miss most most about him. I'm signing off again. This is Yemi from Widow Recovery Secrets. And as I always say, dare to dream a great dream. Thank you very much.